Come on, give it up. Happy Mother's Day. Wow, great to see you. Matter of fact, if you would, if you're a mom at all of our campuses, every campus moms, would you guys just stand for just a second? Just go ahead. Come on, Ev. Come on, ladies. Let's give them some love, church. Wow. <clears throat> Happy Mother's Day. We love you guys, man. So grateful for you. Just thrilled. And uh, there are some, now, this is a difficult day. A lot of people, Mother's Day and Father's Day, very difficult. You know, for, for ladies who've lost kids, ladies who want to be moms and who have not yet been able to do that, and then there's several other classifications and issues that make this, this day a difficult. I've got to tell you, our God is able. And if you're a lady who wants to be a mom and has not, you've not been able yet, our God is able. We walked through that in my family with my daughter and we understand that. I fully can't feel what you feel, but we just want you to know that our God is big and our God is miraculous and our God can move. Amen. So we love you guys. And man, <clears throat> so excited about, about, about what's going on. And, and uh, how'd you guys like giving a single mom a gift at every service this weekend? Y'all like that? Man. We, 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 at every campus, every, every service, and we're excited about that. We've got a, we have a lot of single mothers, and they love God, and they're planted in this house, and they're trying to bring their kids up to love God, many of them without a male figure. And so here's, this is just one of the many reasons that a bunch of you guys need to volunteer and serve in the kids' ministry or the student ministry. Because there are ladies who bring their kids here Asking God to give their, da- to give their child a spiritual dad, even if it's one hour a week, that you would step in and that you would just be a spiritual parent. You know, it's student ministry. Some of you guys may need to say, some of you men may need to say, tell Pastor Gene or, or whatever campus you're at that, hey, you know what, we'll, we will, uh, man, I'll volunteer at kids camp for a couple days. And our elders meeting, you know, our, our chairman of elders, Jim High School, said, hey, we're going to teach kids how to fish, and I need some men to go and bait some hooks. And Pastor Josh said he would go, but he's afraid of worms. And so we need some <laughs> real men who can go and who can bait a hook. And because uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's sad watching the executive pastor cry, sick in his hand in a worm bucket. So you guys get in there. But you know, it's the same with movement. It's the same every Wednesday at every campus with students. Many of those students come from a fatherless home, and they need some men who will stand up, amen, and show what a real spiritual man is like. And so, come on, man, guys, get in there, get serving. You know, one of the problems, of, the, the difficulties of kids' ministry is in most churches, it's all women. It's all women. We got, man, some of our, one of our, our elders, Ron Noah, he serves at, at our North Knoxville campus. With two, he's been serving with two-year-olds for 21 years. And they get to see a real man who can bait a hook. They get to see a real man. And so, come on, you know, guys, dive in there. Does this make sense? And you know what, ladies, this is the same with you. We have some dads who come who there's not a mom in the house, and they need, they need some ladies to come alongside. We've got a lot of ladies here, many, some of whom have never had their own children, and they've literally adopted hundreds or thousands of kids because they've been working in our kids' ministry for so long. And they've adopted those kids, and those kids become their kids. And it may be for a year, it may be for a season, but they love on those kids. This makes sense. So it's why if you're not serving, those are two great ministries for you to get involved with. Well, promisers, 
welcome all of our campuses. GBB guys, we love y'all. Man, we're thrilled that you guys are with us. By the way, I'm going to come and do a live message. Uh, some of you guys have asked, and so I'm going to come on a Sunday night and, and be with you guys and just come over there and love on you, man. You've, I've sent so many great letters, and man, we just love GBB. Come on, church. Welcome our, our God Behind Bars campus. So, we've extended the series of madness one more week. In madness, we have dealt with mind monsters. And if you're new, mind monsters are invaders into our emotions. They, they invade our emotions. They're trespassers, and they are sent there to rob us of all that Jesus bought for us on the cross. Does that make sense? Now, let's be raw and real. So, this, I'm not trying to hurt everybody's feelings, but here's the deal. Mothers are the most susceptible people on the planet to mind monsters. Now, y'all watched that video a minute ago. Is that video great? That's unbelievable. Here's the deal. All of, all of those mothers felt like they had done a bad job. I'm not patient enough. I'm not there enough. I don't love enough. Mothers are guilt magnets. Matter of fact, some of you guys use guilt on your girlfriend or your spouse. Stop that. Stop that. You don't want God to use guilt on you. Don't use guilt. But mothers are just, they, I, they, you can never do enough, can you, Mom? No matter how good a job, you think, I failed, and I should have done more, should have worked harder. If I was working outside the home, I should have been the home. And if I'm inside the home, I should have been outside the home. And, and we just look around. And, and, and so mothers are so open to mind monsters <clears throat> because they're so susceptible to guilt, because they love their kids so much. Mom lived, they live concerned for their kids. But, but this is the thing, moms, if you just knew how much we love you and how grateful that we are to you, it would defeat some of the guilt and the mind monsters that you allow into your heart. Am I right, church? Do we love our moms? Come on. Man, I am so grateful for my mother. And you guys know what a bad background I had. The one consistent in my life as a child was that my mom loved me and she was there for me and she cared for me and my little brothers. It's just unbelievable. So I'm on an airplane. I don't even honestly remember where I was going. It was early in the morning, red eye, and I, I get my journal out and I'm, and I'm praying and I said, Lord, I need a thought for Mother's Day. You know, we do a lot of collaboration, but we had not talked about Mother's Day. I said, Lord, I need a thought. I need a message for moms. And, and, and we get messages a lot of different ways, and God speaks to me a lot of different ways. And I just got this image in my mind. I just saw it. I said, oh, I know right where that is the Bible. And so the, the image that I saw was John chapter 19, verse 25 through 27. Therefore the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of who? Standing by the cross of Jesus was who? Who? His mom, that's huge. And his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. Every woman in the New Testament, I believe, was named Mary. <laughs> when Jesus then saw his mother, understand he is hanging on a cross, a, a, an excruciating, torturous death, gasping for the only way you can breathe on a cross, you suffocate, that's how you die on a cross. That's why they break their legs, because you would push up on the single nail through both feet and gasp. That's how, and, and what happens is you had no more strength, and then your, these muscles would cut your lungs off, and you suffocate. It's horrible. But as Jesus is hanging there, who's right, front, and center? 
Who? His mom. His mom. Now, I can't imagine the pain and agony that she is going through as Mary watches her son on the cross. Now, I caused my mother great harm and pain, so I want you to make me feel better. Has anybody else besides me caused your mother grief and pain? Come on, let me see it. All right, that's helping me. If your hand's not up, you're going to hell because liars burn in hell. <laughs> so, so I caused my mother great, literally great pain, un- unbelievable pain that, that I caused her. And, and, you know, I used to, I look back now, uh, see, if, you're, if you don't have kids, then you don't know how mom feels. And I'm a dad, so I still don't know how mom really feels. But I go back and look at things that we did to my mom through a parent's eyes. I, my, one of my most vivid memories, we, me and my two brothers are all stoned. Imagine this, mothers. My mom is on the front porch. I climb into my 66 Corvette 327 four-speed. My little brother climbs onto a drag motorcycle. And my other brother climbs into a, into a 70 Super Sport Chevelle souped up. And we blaze out of my mom's yard, whoa, like bats out of Hades. And I'm thinking, if I was in my front yard and saw my three kids stoned, of course, they'd never get to a vehicle because I would kill them. (laughs) But here's the deal. Mothers, you know where you're going to heaven because you have kept the husbands from killing the children. (laughs) So now I look at that now from her vantage point and think about my kids all stoned taking off. You'd have to put me in a rubber room. Then you'd have to put me in prison because when they came, I might kill all of them. So anyway, I would be in a, so I look back and think of all of the pain. Now here's, here's Mary with, with watching her son, the pain and agony of watching Jesus die on a cross. Does that make sense? That's difficult for a mother, isn't it? In fact, when my kids were little, especially my daughter Faith, because Faith, mm, uh, drama. You know what I'm talking about? There's nothing as dramatic as a four-year-old little girl. And Michelle would say, Faith, her shots are due. Okay, well, you know, I can't take her. You take her. All right, I'll take her. See, Faith didn't start crying when the needle came out. Faith started crying when she got in the car to go to the doctor. By the time we get there, she is frantically howling, sobbing. We get into the room, and the nurse pulls the needle out, and she just falls apart. Oh, Dad, save me. They're going to kill me. And it was horrible if there was more than one shot because she'd give the shot, and you would think the doctor had just hacked her limb off with a chainsaw. And she's screaming, begging me. See, Michelle couldn't stand that. didn't bother me much, but it really hurt Michelle. Now, when the boys grew up, they had, you know, they had to go to the doctor. I said, you go in there and get that shot. You whimper. You smile, boy. Or you think that needle hurt? I will tear your head off and tell God you died. And so, and so now, you don't raise girls like that. That's how you raise boys. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. America doesn't know that there are two genders. Two. So... So, so here's, there's, there is, you know, so I raise the boys differently than we raise faith. But Michelle, see, moms can't stand to see their kids hurt. Y'all know what I'm talking about? They hate that. So, so, so here's Jesus dying on the cross and his mother, you know, his mother there caring and loving. But here, I want you to, what I want you to see is this, that Jesus is dying 
And in the midst of that death, he stops for a minute and says, hey, John, take care of my mom or you're not coming to heaven. I put that last part in. John, take care of mom. Mom, listen, John's going to take care of you. Don't worry, it's going to be okay. It's going to be, see, and that's our model. It's Jesus, that's our model. Are y'all with me? That's what, you know, we're to care for our mothers. Anybody believe that? Now, now let's think about it. Come on, that's right. Give the Lord some praise. Now, now I want you to imagine, ladies, we've already confessed that the ladies are more susceptible, mothers are more susceptible to mind monsters. I want you to think about all the mind monsters that had to invade Mary. Let's go back and let's sort of rerun it. Mary's planning her wedding. Ladies, is that a thrilling time? Come on, and she's engaged to Joe that is a hunk of hunk of burning love, and she is fired up about what's going to happen. She's excited, and she's in bed asleep, and angel Gabriel wakes her up and said, Mary, listen, I got great news. You're going to give birth to the Son of God, the Messiah, Yeshua, Hamashiach. It's going to save his people from their sins. And she said, wait a minute, I've never had sex. He said, I know, and you're not going to have any yet, but you're going to give birth to a son. And then what does she say? Luke chapter 1, verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. Hey, don't you think we in the church ought to pray that some today? See, we say, God, may it be done according to my word. But she said, may it be done according to your word. And the angel departed. Now, she's excited. And she goes the next day, and she's a little apprehensive because there's a few mind monsters because she's got to tell Joe what's happening. Hey, Joe, you know about the wedding. I can't wait. Listen, I'm so excited about it. And I have some great news. What's that, Mary? I'm pregnant. Now, Joe probably didn't receive that as warmly as she did. And he says, what do you mean you're pregnant? Have you been unfaithful? No, 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 I've never had sex, but I'm pregnant. And Joe says, okay, what are you smoking? Because you've not shared any. What are you doing? What do you mean? You're... And she said, listen, man. And Joe said, okay, I got you. Time... Okay, listen, we're not getting married. I'm not going to expose you publicly. I'm going to put you away privately, but we're, we're done. Mind monsters, ladies, can you feel it? Now I'm going to be all alone raising the Son of God. What am I going to do? So the next that night, Joseph goes to bed. Gabriel shows up. Hey, Joe, Joe, listen, wake up, dude. I got, some, I, got, I, got, I got a word. Hey, Mary wasn't lying. She's never had sex. She's pregnant. And, and she's going to give birth to a son, and you're going to keep her virgin until after she gives birth to Yeshua HaMashiach. And Joe says, yes, sir. I got it. I got it. So, so then what happens? Then, then the shepherds show up, and the shepherds say, hey, we were in the field and we had this, this unbelievable laser light show and a million voice rock, rock angel choir hatting and deal. And, and they told us to come see because the Messiah had been born. Good news, so we're here. We just, want, we just want to check him out. And not long after them, we don't know, six months to two years, scholars tell us up shows the wise men. And they come in and they say, hey, we come to worship your son. Well, you come to what? Worship your son, the little two-year-old, yeah, we're going to worship him. And by the way, we have brought you a bag of gold, and we have brought you frankincense, and we have brought you myrrh. They leave. Herod says, kill the babies. Joseph takes the offering that the wise men gave to Jesus and funds his excursion to Egypt to protect, protect Jesus. Herod dies. He comes back. Now, while before that, all that happened, they go to the temple and they're dedicating Jesus because every firstborn male is, is to be separate for the Lord. And so they go to the temple to dedicate Jesus. And in Luke chapter 2, says this, And Simeon, one of the leaders, sees Mary and, and uh, Joseph and Jesus come in, 
And he blessed him, and he said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel. As for a sign to be opposed, and a sword, ladies, how'd you like this for a promise? A sword will pierce even your own what? Soul. Sword will pierce your soul. Wow. Now, ladies, you got a choice. Mary had a choice. You have a choice. Fear or faith? Are we going to get on the P48 train of joy? Are we going to, are we going to, are we going to let the mind monsters have it? See, every mom has felt that sword that Mary felt, haven't you, ladies? Come on, have y'all felt that? Fast forward 12 years, check this out, she loses him. How do you lose God's son? So Jesus, obviously, but we can uh, hung out with his buddies. They go to Jerusalem. They have the feast. They're on their way home. They're 12 hours from Jerusalem, a full day's journey. By the way, those of you that are going to Israel with us, we'll take that journey. From, we'll, we'll, we'll take that same journey. Uh, but except they did on a donkey. We'll be in a nice motor coach with air conditioning. And, 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 and so, uh, oh, Fred, where am I at? I forgot. What was I talking about? Lost him. I just want to see if y'all are listening. And so <laughs> they get to supper the first day, and they say, hey, Jesus, come on, come on for dinner. Jesus. Yo, yo, Jesus. They walk back to the caravan, and then they realize, oh, my, I left God. <laughs> we, we, we left him. You ever seen the movie Home Alone? <laughs> they left him. Now, ladies, they're a full day away from Jerusalem. They got to spend the night, get up the next day. Can you imagine taking your 12-year-old and forgetting him in Times Square? Because that's what it was to them. These folks are peasants, Mary and Joseph, by the way. They lived out in the hill country of Judea. Once a year, they went to the big city of Jerusalem, and it was, it was enormous. They take a full day to get back there and another, at least another full day. So Jesus has been missing for three days. They're looking frantically. Hey, there's no Amber Alert. There's no 911. <clears throat> they couldn't call the temple or anywhere. They couldn't call Jerusalem police. And so they're looking. They go to the temple and there's Jesus sitting with all the scribes and Pharisees asking questions and answering their questions. Now, I want to ask you are, you, are you mad right now, mom or dad? And so Mango said, said, what are you doing to us, son? We've been looking for you for three days. He said, look, and why didn't you come straight here? Did you not know I had to be in my father's house? Ooh. Didn't you, why, why would you go anywhere else but right here, mom? Didn't you know I'd be right here? Now, my question is, do you spank the son of God now or later? <laughs> do y'all read your Bible with a sense of humor? I mean, do you read with, a, with an imagination? Because are you wanting to spank him? Because I wanted to. I mean, if I'm, matter of fact, if I saw him, Michelle would have my back. Don't kill him, Chris. Don't kill him. Don't, are y'all with me? So, I mean, because it's the mind monsters. If your child is home five minutes late, you've already determined a semi has run over him on the interstate <laughs> and has spread him from the four counties. Come on, don't you, ladies? The mind monsters. And so this is going on. Have you ever left your kids? You know how it feels? Because Michelle and I, we were terrible parents. We, God, we, were, yeah, we, were we left them all the time. We did. We left them at church. We would drive two cars because I like to get there early. Michelle likes to get there sort of right on time. And so I always say two, two cars saved our marriage. And so we, 
we, we, we meet times, she's over here, because Michelle and I have always done ministry together, always. We've always been a team. Since we were dating and then we got married, we've always been a team. So, so I'm going home and she's going home. We get home, where are the kids? I, I thought you got them. I thought you got them. Who's going to go get them? Because somebody had to go face the kids worker who had Micah. <laughs> now, our kids ministry volunteers, but if you had to keep Micah over time, they wanted some money. So, so we all know, I mean, you know the agony, you lose them at the mall. So all these mind monsters that Mary feels. So now 21 years after this, losing him, he's 33, he's hanging on the cross. Everybody else is gone. Ten of the disciples are gone. Everybody else is gone. Everybody's bailed. But guess who's front row center at the cross? Mom. This is what now, everything I've told you up to this point is biblical. Let me give you what I believe in a spiritual speculation. I think Mary moved around, and I think Mary got front and center so that she could look in the eyes of Jesus, trying in just what little she could to alleviate his pain. Because isn't that what you'd be doing, Mom? They see, moms are always trying to alleviate. You know, when your kids are sick, they never say, Dad, Dad. Mine didn't, because it's what? I'm sick, so? I mean, it's three in the morning. Leave me alone. Are you with me? I got to go to work tomorrow. Get a grip. Go throw up. It'll be better and climb back in bed. <laughs> Guys, am I right? Come on. They don't say, they don't say, Dad. They say, Mom. And I say, they're not that sick. Leave them alone. Oh, Chris, you're so mean. I always took that as a compliment. So she'd get up. And she'd go in there, and she'd spend the whole night with them. And then she'd get up chipper. I'm mad that they woke her up. So, so see, it's a mom. So here's Mary trying to alleviate the pain because that's what they do. Everybody that Jesus had cared for was gone. All the crowds, all the blind people he healed, all, everybody that he cared for, they were all gone. Everybody but mom. Now, hey, GBB guys, let me tell you what I know. Because I've been right where you guys are. When you went to court, many of you, the only person in the courtroom was your mother. Because everybody else bailed out on you but your mother. Because that's what moms do. See, the closest love to God's love on planet Earth is a mother's love because a mother's love is the closest to unconditional. Are you with me? That's why we love moms. When everybody's running out of your life, your mom is running in. And everybody's bailing. Is Jesus our example? Excuse me. Okay, so here's the deal. Even in the middle of his death, his focus was on others. And so I'd say do like Jesus, care for your mom and what some people say. Pastor, you understand I'm building a business. I've got to work overtime. My kids are playing sports. We're so busy. I don't have time to take care of mom. If Jesus could stop dying for a minute and focus on his mother and say, John, take care of mom, mom. Don't ever worry again, because even though I'm going back to heaven, my, but my best friend, John, will take care of you. See, isn't that our example? Ephesians 6.3 says this. Children what? Oh, parents, pay your parents in the Lord, for this is what? Honor. Hey, guys, can I tell you something? Listen, we've lost honor. We've lost honor in our culture. It's a terrible thing. You know, when I was a kid and a lady walked in the room, you know what you did? Excuse me? 
Most people that are saying stood up are above 50. They're above 50 because we don't have honor. Go back about 60 years ago. Remember Warden June Cleaver? Ozzie and Harriet? There was honor. Remember that? And fast forward to Beavis and Butthead. And then the Simpsons. And now what we have is modern family. And there's no honor. There's no honor for moms and dads. There's no honor for authority. There's no honor for power. There's just no honor in our culture anymore, is there? Everybody does what's right in their own eyes. We're back to the book of Judges. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a what? Now, is there a, is there a phrase right there between the R and the U that says, if she's honorable? Do y'all see that? Is it in there? No, the Bible says, honor your father and mother. There's not, there's, not a, there's not a parenthetical phrase. There's not a subjunctive clause. There's not a conditional phrase that goes that honor your father and your mother, which is the first command with a promise, so that if you treat your mom and dad with honor and respect, regardless of whether they deserve it or not, that it may be well with you and that you may live long upon the earth. See, it's giving honor is about God, not about the person you give the honor to. Does that make sense? Are you with me? You know, yes, sir, and no, sir. Yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. That's a few southern people, but the rest of the world, America has forsaken that. That's old-fashioned. Not to me, it's not. I want to give honor. I want to give deference. Does this make sense? See, so Mary's at the cross. Then we see her three days later. Where do we find Mary three days, three days later? She's at the tomb. She's at the tomb. Everybody, the disciples, they're fishing. Everybody's bailed. Mary's at the tomb. And then let me give you the last sighting of Mary. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. These with, all, with one mind were continually devoting themselves to what? Along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. See, in his earthly ministry, his brothers didn't believe he was the Messiah. But after his resurrection, they all became his followers. James, his brother, had his head cut off with a sword. And his mother, what was Mary doing? Mary was on her face in the upper room with the rest of the disciples, waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. See, they knew the only way to have peace and defeat mind monsters was surrender to the Holy Spirit. And about that time, fire broke out, and man, there's a whirlwind in the room, and the Spirit of God fills those people. It's called the Day of Pentecost, and the church was born. And still, 21 centuries later, our only hope against mind monsters is to be filled with the Spirit of God and surrender every day. Amen? Come on, somebody help me. <clears throat> so, let me give you a couple of minutes of application. So what do I do with that, Pastor? I believe you're right. What do I do with that? Number one, give your mother emotional support. You've already agreed that, that moms are susceptible to mind monsters. What do you do? You support your mother. If she's still lit, living, you give her emotional support. You tell her you love her. You tell her what a great mom that she was. You give her support. Number two, you give her encouragement. I'm almost, every time I see my mom, I say, Mom, I'm, I'm so sorry I sucked as a son. Now, I'm better than your other two boys, but, but, but my brothers, but come on. You know, I was terrible. And give, her, give her encouragement. Hey, you know, Mom, all the stuff that happened in my life, that was me, not you. Ladies, can I tell you something? Listen, you say, Pastor, you don't understand where my son, my daughter is. It is not your fault. You hear this from heaven. This is a word from God, mothers. It is not 
your fault. Your children were born sinners by nature and sinners by choice. They chose to step in stupid even though you taught them a better way. And can I tell you, they're coming back in Jesus' name. So don't you walk out of here with guilt. Don't walk out of here with shame. Don't walk out of here feeling bad. That's Father's Day. That's coming. Don't you. <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. Come on. Don't freak out. It's six weeks. It's, it's really, it's going to be a love fest. And so, and so that's, it's just the deal. Come on. Man, don't walk around with guilt. The devil is the, the mind monsters. You did the best you could do with what you had. Amen. And so you give that to God. Give your mother encouragement. Tell her much you love her. Tell her what a great mom she was. Number three, give your mother, if she is still alive and she needs it, financial support. They say, but pastor, we're barely making it. Honor your father and your mother. And Jesus said, listen, you guys, you guys take what you should be giving your parents, and you say it's Corbin that is dedicated to God, and you leave your parents. He said, let me tell you, that is wrong. Jesus said it's wrong. Jesus said, give your mother financial support if she needs it. Come on, are you with me? Don't leave it to Uncle Sam to take care of your mother. You take care of your mother. Does anybody, does anybody believe this in the house? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Financial support. Financial support. I tell my mom. She'll call and she'll say, Chris, not going well. So, well, tell me about it, Mom. Because we talk two or three days a week. And I'll say to her, she's this, that, and that's that. But I say, listen, Mom, then it's time. It's time for us. It's time for you to break, get rid of everything. Come move in with me and Michelle. Well, it's not, okay, it's not that time yet. I then quit gripping, Mom. Because, you know, you got to shepherd them a little. Come on. Then quit gripping. If it's not that, because, Mom, the day you're done with dealing with the crap, you come to our house and you'll never have to worry about anything except what you eat for the rest of your life because I will take care of you to the day you go to be with Jesus. That's encouragement. That's encouragement. Come on. Number four. Give her, take the stress off your mother. But we know there's a self-will mind monster, so my job is to alleviate all the stress from my mom. And so, man, we, we, Michelle, my mother knows, me and Michelle are her security blanket. If the, if the, if the, the economy goes bust, if everything goes bad, she's going to come, we're going to take care of her. She knows. Does that make sense? So, so here Jesus is. He said, John, take care of mom while he's taking care of her sin. Her salvation. All, not just hers, gang. Not just hers, but yours. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. When Jesus is on the cross, he was dying and paying the penalty of your sin. Is that right? Somebody, is that right? And so some of you, listen, some of your church this weekend, you got drugged to church. There are two heel marks all the way down the parking lot <laughs> where you were drugged in because it's Mother's Day. And you got to go to church one day a year, Mother's Day. Mom wanted everybody on her row. <laughs> you didn't want to come, but you're here. And God is speaking to you. God is drawing you. He paid for your sins, and he wants a relationship with you. And you say, oh, man, come on, Chris. Christians are weird. They're nuts. And many of you have rejected Jesus because of some psycho people that follow him. We're not all weird. Matter of fact, church, quit being weird. <laughs> As I witness and I talk to people about God all the time, listen, I don't want to fight atheists. I don't want to fight agnostics. I don't want to fight people that hate God or the Bible. I have to fight people that met some of y'all. 
And they say, if that's what following Jesus looks like, I don't want any part of it. You know, if you'd be more winsome, you'd win some. Quit being weird. Are you with me? We don't need any more weird Christians. We don't need anybody walking down Market Street with a signboard, turn or burn. Nobody's falling on their knees in Market Street. Well, I want to be saved because that weird bearded dude's walking with a sandwich board. No, they say, look at that. That's what Christians are. They're kooks. We're not all kooks. We got four or five here that are normal. <laughs> and you know what y'all thinking? I'm that one. I'm, uh, aren't you? Come on. I'm the normal one. Come on now. Don't look at your side because you know the weird will sit next to you. So here's the deal. Here, listen. So if you're ready to say yes to Jesus, he's ready to say yes to you. He said yes to you on the cross. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're ready to give Jesus your sin, be forgiven and have a brand new start. Not a, not a religious weirdo, but somebody who's falling in love with God and whose life has been transformed. We're going to pray this confessional prayer. If you would, just pray this with us. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I confess you as my Lord. You died for me. You rose from the grave. Now I put all my faith in you to save me. Now help me honor you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, somebody give him some praise in the house, would you? Wow. Wow. <clears throat> wow. Now, if you just prayed, gave your heart to Jesus, if you fill the communication card out that's in front of you, and you can put in the offering box, or you can go, by the way, out those center doors at Pellissippi Campus. Go to our next steps. Maybe you need something else, baptism, whatever. Go ahead and fill that out, by the way. The folks that are leaving are going out there to get in a position to serve y'all when you leave. And so you can do that. By the way, as you leave, you can sign your kids up for camp, or you can sign them up for movement, our conference for teenagers. You can do that. Now, here's, listen, let me tell you what's about to happen. It's Mother's Day. It's proms. It's graduation. About another week or two, school's going to be out. And then you're going to go on vacation. Not from God. Amen? So when you go to the beach, listen, two things. Keep, we're about to do the most unbelievable series on temptation. It'll transform your life. Don't miss it. Get on the internet campus. Amen? Number two, don't take your tithe where? To the beach. Or remember what happened last year? You took your tithe last year. You got sand fleas. Y'all remember that? You went to that smorgasbord, ate bad clams. You said you were in the bathroom for two days. That's going to happen if you take your tie to the beach. Come on, are y'all with me? And so here's, I'm kidding. It probably won't happen, probably, really. Do you know why, that, by the way, that we could give some great gifts to some single mothers this weekend? Because you're so generous. We get to do so much because you guys are so generous. And so, ladies, listen, doesn't matter where your kids are, they're God's first. And he's working on them. He's working on them. So you have the greatest Mother's Day you've ever had. You leave with no guilt. You walk out of here. If you hadn't had your picture made at all of our campuses, get your picture made. Hey, has it been good to be in the house of God this weekend? Man, we love you guys. We love you. Next weekend, it's the goods. We'll see you then.